Welcome to the Holistic Inner Balance Podcast with Dr. Nicole Kane and Happy Healthy Hadley, your go-to resource for natural mental health and wellness strategies so that you can become the expert of your own emotional and physical well-being. Merging modern science with ancient wisdom. And we are back. Today, we are going to be talking about homeopathy, which I am super excited about because I basically know nothing about homeopathy. So we are going to be talking to Dr. Kane today and just getting all of the wonderful goodness from her. So thanks for doing this with us. This is my favorite thing to talk about. And I've done... I think over 50 episodes on this podcast, and I don't think I've really talked about homeopathy. So I'm really happy to be having this conversation together. Yes. Why do you feel like you've been quiet about homeopathy? I'm going to get real. Homeopathy is so marginalized by the scientific community that I identify as a scientist. Before going to medical school, I did oncology research and breast tissue transplantation on mice. And I worked at Baylor. I did all of this science identified as a psychoneuroimmunology student. And so I never heard of homeopathy until I saw a homeopathic case that blew my mind. And I didn't, I didn't have all these preconceived notions about it. And then once I saw it, and I saw an absolutely incredible case of a cured disease, uh, cured Crohn's disease, wow. symptomatically cured, right? She didn't have any other symptoms after homeopathic treatment. I then started to explore this modality, but I was in a bubble with my teacher and my colleagues, my students. I was in medical school. And it wasn't until I was more immersed and I was doing clinical rotations at hospitals and out in the medical community more where I started to realize that this modality has been like pretty crapped on Mm -hmm. for a really long time where people have called it placebo. They've called it pseudoscience. Like if you Google homeopathy, you're going to see all sorts of stuff about it. And I was like, how could there be such an incongruence with my experience and my study of monoamines and microdilution substances and the changes that I've seen in the PubMed studies, how can that be so drastically different from what the medical community is telling me outside of the world that I've been in? Mm-hmm. And there's this just sense of insecurity and shame that came from that for such a long time. And at this point in my life and in my career, I love homeopathy. I know that it works when done correctly. And I think I'm just ready to shout that from the rooftops and tell people about my experience. And then hopefully somebody will hear it. They'll do their own research and then they'll find that it can be helpful for them too. Ah, amazing. Well, it sounds like it's actually compatible with a lot of the research and and things. It's just stigmatized. Like, Like scientifically, there are studies that have shown it to be effective, when done right, when done in the way that it's right. like supposed to be done. When done right. Right. <laughs> and yeah, that's the thing with science. A lot of times you can you can find 
with statistics and all of the things you can draw inferences about <laughs> about things that you want to be true, right? Unfortunately, with a lot of the different science. Um, so awesome. So there is a lot of there actually is a lot of research out there about it. But there's a stigma. And so it kind of gets like shoved to the side. That's what I'm hearing you say. Yeah. And I think that the if it's done right thing is really key. You and I just had a conversation about science and holistic medicine and the scientific method. And I remember we talked about the study into vitamin D and they used it incorrectly in the improper form and then drew a conclusion that said vitamin D was harmful and not clinically useful. And it's because of a, a flaw in the scientific method. Right. It wasn't because vitamin D was a problem. So we have these clinicians or scientists who are doing research on homeopathy where they're trying to create like everybody with anxiety. We'll give them the same remedy. And of course that doesn't work. And then they're not going to have statistically significant results with it. And so then the problem is the scientific community is like, oh, well, see, it's a placebo or, oh, see, it doesn't work. When if you actually understand the science of homeopathy and individualize the prescriptions, people get better. But it's hard to standardize a double blind study with that methodology. And so, yes, we've actually managed to accomplish that. And there is great literature in homeopathy. And there's also a lot of literature out there that says that it is ineffective, but it's not necessarily a problem with homeopathy, but rather the lack of education in creating an appropriate study. Wow. Okay. So what, like, what is homeopathy for those of us who are like, okay, I can get behind what you're saying, but what even is it? Yeah. What is it? <laughs> yes. We have under the umbrella of naturopathic medicine, different tools that we can use. Homeopathy is one of those tools. So we have botanical medicine, which is like you go and you buy dandelion tea. Or you get a tincture of ginger, or you get a plant and you make a s- extraction out of it, or whatever. So that's herbalism. And then we have traditional Chinese medicine. And so that has acupuncture and Chinese herbs. And then we have Ayurveda and all of the wonderful practices that come out of that. And then we have homeopathy. And homeopathy is a specific system of medicine where we prescribe based on symptoms of like cures like. So we have homeopathic medicines, which are prepared in a specific way, which I'll teach about. But then we also have actual homeopathy because you can have a medicine, but if you use it differently, it's not homeopathy. It's just a homeopathic medicine used in a different way. So let me give you an example. So... Arnica. Arnica is an acute first aid remedy. A lot of people are they're familiar with it as something for like bumps and bruises. Little Bobby falls, bumps his knee, has a big purple bruise. Arnica is a homeopathic remedy that can work really well. So it's a homeopathic remedy in that it's prepared homeopathically, which means that it's been diluted and succussed and diluted and succussed and diluted and succussed. What to is that succussed? Succust is shaking it. Ah, okay, okay. And I'll explain this whole process when we do the history of it. Um, it, It's just like a completely bonkers story. I love it. It's my favorite story. It's like bedtime. If I had kids, I'd tell them the story of discovery of homeopathy. (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny. And so we we have this arnica flower 
they prepare it homeopathically with dilution and succussion. So they dilute it, they shake it up, they dilute it, shake it up to the point where it's a material. It's beyond Avogadro's number. There's technically nothing left of a material dose in it anymore, but there's still information in it. And then that information has data about what that plant treats. And so Arnica treats bruising. If somebody has bruising and you give homeopathic Arnica, it's like cures like. I'll explain that more in a minute because I know I'm like giving kind of an overview and it's confusing. Or I can try to give somebody diluted aspirin for a bruise. And maybe it's a homeopathic aspirin, but it's it's not like cures like. It's a completely different substance hoping that it would help bruising. So uh, I'll explain okay. that better. Can I talk about the history? Yes, let's do it. In the 1800s, there was an outbreak of malaria in Germany and the surrounding areas. And the malaria was killing lots of people. It was terrible. And the doctors at that time were giving really high doses of plants and high doses of substances and minerals to try to push the body out of the malaria disease state. Because if we can create a separate disease, oftentimes people can recover from the original one. Oh, wow. Okay. That's allopathy. Allo is other and pathy is disease. So allopathy is all about creating a different disease state. Oh my gosh, my mind is blown right now. Yeah. (laughs) Versus homeopathy is you're creating the same disease state. Okay. And then isopathy is giving the same thing. And naturopathy is like using nature's medicine. It's it's all on the blog. So <laughs> malaria. And so then they discovered by a miracle that there is this beautiful plant called cinchona. It was Peruvian bark. So they would get the Peruvian bark and they put it on a ship and they'd they'd bring that ship across the sea all the way to Germany and they would give the Peruvian bark to people in really high toxic doses. If they didn't die from Peruvian bark or cinchona poisoning, they would recover from malaria. And that was as good as it got. Wow. So there's this German physician. His name was Samuel Hahnemann. And he was editing bioscientific journals. And he was reading about why they thought the cinchona bark worked. And the main theory was that it was a bitter. But there were other plants that had stronger, bitter properties than cinchona. And so he's like, I feel like there's more to this story. I feel like this isn't it. So as every good researcher does, Hahnemann decides to do an experiment on himself. (laughs) So he knows the symptoms of malaria. We could all Google what are the symptoms of malaria and we'll all get a bullet list. Bam, 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 bam. Pretty similar. Such a strong disease state that a lot of people have quite similar symptoms. And so then what Hahnemann did is he's like, I'll just use that method. I'm going to start taking the cinchona bark, and I'm going to write down what happens to me. So he's chomping down on the cinchona bark, and he's taking more and more and more, and he does a poisoning on himself. And he writes down everything that happened to him. And what was fascinating is that the poisoning symptoms of the cinchona bark were identical to the symptoms of malaria. Wow. Like, here's like, right? And so he's like, how fascinating. What would happen if I just gave them a little less and didn't poison them? And it worked. And he's like, well, what if I dilute it just a little bit more and give less and give it to them? And it worked. So he's pumped. He's diluting. He's like, how far can I dilute it? And it was still effective. And so now he's like got all of his little diluted cinchonas and he puts them in his horse and buggy in his cart. He has some at his office. 
and he's rolling around town delivering all these diluted cinchonas to his patients, and he observes something very unexpected. The remedies that were delivered worked better than the ones where people came to get them at his office. So he's trying to deduce why this could be, and he hypothesizes that there must be something to the jostling of the remedies in the back of the horse and buggy. So he's like, what if I dilute them and succuss them or shake them up or jostle them? So he dilutes them, and then he creates, you know, he's a mathematician, he's a scientist, so he he hits them against a giant book, and he counts how many times he succusses it and hits it. You can probably hear me tapping in the background of the sound. And he dilutes it farther and farther and farther and farther, and it works better and better and better and better. And so he's like, this is amazing. This is the first homeopathic proving. So the principle we have is less is more, like cures like, and the dilution and succussion process of creating it. So then he starts to use other remedies. He's like, what else could I dilute and succuss? What else could I treat? And he notices very similar things that uh, he didn't necessarily do caffeine as approving, but here's an example that a lot of us would know is that if you overdose Hadley on caffeine Hmm. and you come to me and you're like, talking really fast and you're hyperactive and you're like sensitive to the light and you're kind of sweating and you have all these symptoms, I may be able to identify it as a caffeine overdose. But then let's say that somebody else comes in and they have the exact same symptoms as you, but they've been diagnosed with bipolar mania. Theoretically, if their symptoms matched the caffeine overdose symptoms, if I dilute caffeine into a homeopathic dosage and give it to that person with the matching symptoms of mania, they get better. So that's all homeopathy is, is it's like cures like. So we have homeopathic remedies, like I was saying at the beginning, is they're just simply the process of making them their homeopathic. But it isn't homeopathy unless you're prescribing it as a system of like cures like. Okay, okay. So homeopathy is a system of medicine where you prescribe like cures like. Okay, so it has to have both of those things. Yes. The dilution and the succussion. Mm-hmm. Succussion, mm-hmm. dilution and succussion, and yep. then like cures like. Yep. So it has to have the same symptoms. Mm-hmm. And so it's not necessarily like, uh, it's not like a vaccine where like a little bit of it, you know, uh, makes you immune against something because it's when you have the disease already. And mm-hmm. also it might not be the same thing. It's not like the same virus or the same, um, you know, thing that made you sick in the first place. It's just something that would give you the same symptoms. Yes. So interesting. Okay. Vaccines are isopathy. Oh. It's the same thing. Okay. So like if I want to prevent um, chicken pox, I'll get the disease that causes chicken pox and I'll inject it into somebody. And as an aside, it's bonkers to me that the medical community will inject polio into people and that's given a green light, but then they like have a fit over the safety of homeopathy <laughs> right <laughs> it's like you're injecting polio in your measles mumps and rubella like you inject that into an infant whose immune system isn't fully developed yet yeah that's okay you're injecting pertussis right right like the disease causing agent you're s- s- sticking yeah so with homeopathy the, the two biggest arguments that I hear are, one is it's dangerous because we use all matter of substances from nature. So f- all the way from one end of a neutral mineral like phosphorus or sulfur to deadly nightshade. 
mm. and belladonna and aconite and nux vomica. And so people either are concerned that it's completely toxic and how on earth could this be out on the market sold over the counter at grocery stores? Right. Or they they are complaining that it has nothing in it because it's been diluted. Okay. Yeah. And so that one I see more commonly, but I, I often tell people, because sometimes people will come to me with both concerns at the same time, and I'm like, well, you, they can't be both. You have to pick <laughs> one. Yes. It can't do nothing and also kill you. Yeah, right. So how in the heck does it work, right? Yeah. So it, it is technically be beyond Afagadro's number. There's technically nothing in it. Right. So you're not not right, right? <laughs> yeah. So... For a long time, we didn't have the sophisticated medical research devices that we have now. And now with the advent of the ability to look at micro-pharmacodynamics and to look at things pertaining to quantum physics and to research micro things, like microbes weren't even discovered at uh, like microbes weren't even discovered until fairly recently like it's just crazy and so we have all of these hundreds of years of backlogs that just we're incapable of understanding why it works we just know that it does and now we actually do so there's a book it's the the emerging science of homeopathy and i have that book on my bookshelf and it's like a 400 page book explaining how this works because we have the technology now to see it and the best way that i can explain it is it's information theory so if i introduce let's say arnica because we were talking about arnica flower earlier if i introduce arnica to a substance so i put it in the water i shake it and dilute it and shake it and dilute it the information that was there will continue to be there. The imprint of that information will be there long after the substance is gone. So interesting. So we give that information to the body, and it's almost like looking in a mirror and the body saying, oh, this is what I look like when I'm out of balance? Okay. And your body self-corrects. And it's so fascinating because all you're doing is giving the body data. It stimulates your body's natural healing ability. You're not causing a new disease that your body has to then recover from. You're actually stimulating it. And so there aren't side effects. There aren't drug interactions. It's completely safe for pregnant women, babies, animals. Wow. It's amazing. That's incredible. Yeah. And so my case, I was telling us telling the story at the beginning. So I didn't know about any of this. I grew up in Iowa. I didn't discover holistic medicine until I was working at Rush Behavioral Health in substance therapy. And I, like, Googled it and found a CNM, and I was like, wow! (laughs) And so I'm there, and I'm studying medicine, and I volunteered to sit in on this clinical rotation. I heard it was a really difficult clinical rotation, and I was at that place in my life, like, type three on the Enneagram, like achiever, achiever, achiever. So I'm like, I'm going to find the hardest rotation <laughs> on it. On that. Yep. <laughs> so I'm on this rotation and I'm, I'm like, you know, seeing cases being taken and things are happening. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. And at the same time I was in the Phoenix symphony and there was this friend of mine who I'd met there recently. And she had been recently diagnosed with Crohn's disease which for those listening, it's a very, for some people, debilitating gastrointestinal disease, which she'd had a colectomy. 
Um, she'd been on many medications, and the doctors told her that it was very unlikely she was going to have children, and she spent most of her time in the fetal position hemorrhaging out of her anus and in agonizing pain. And so symphony was really all that she could commit to because she just didn't know when she would have a flare. And so I was like, I have an idea. You're in constant pain. I'm in this clinical rotation that seems pretty cool. Why don't you come and see if it could help? Wow, yeah. And she did. And we took her case to take a homeopathic case. Just like Hahnemann did, you have to get all of the symptoms. And so we took her case. We spent two hours taking all of her symptoms. What is the pain like? What does it feel like? Where is it? Is it squeezing or cramping or spasming or shooting? Is it burning? Is it tingling? Is it formicating? Where is it exactly? What makes it better? What makes it worse? What position do you sit in? What time of day does it tend to happen? If you walk, does it make it better or worse? If you apply heat or if you apply heat, then cold, like all of the things head to toe, every single symptom, put it in a bullet list and then try to find the remedy that it's identical to. Because if we can find the remedy it's identical to, she's going to get better. So we took her whole case, head to toe, emotional symptoms, physical symptoms. We gave her a homeopathic remedy called Natrimuriaticum, and her symptoms completely went away. And as I'm telling you this story, I'm like having this like mix of emotion. Like I feel like I could cry. I'm getting goosebumps all over my body because I was like, holy shit, this is impossible Oh my gosh. I'm still wow. in touch with this girl. Yeah. She now I she has a 6-year-old. So she had a baby. She went on, she had a baby. Oh my. She gosh. doesn't have Crohn's symptoms anymore. Mm. We're not allowed to use the word cure. Right. But she doesn't care. She she has her life back. She feels cured. She feels better. Right. And I saw this Hadley and I was like whatever this is, I have to dedicate my life to it. And that's homeopathy. And so since that time, I have fought the controversy. I've fought the politics. I've fought the people that say it's placebo. Like, sure, the power of placebo is real. And great. And great and amazing. <laughs> and I'm grateful for it in right. anything that I do. Totally. And yet, she got her life back. And she hadn't she had tried all the other things she had tried like, all the other things so like right. was the placebo of a little white pellet that has been shit on by society for 200 <laughs> years more powerful than a surgical procedure right and all of the medications that her doctors were confident would work like was that placebo stronger sure it could have been yeah and if so great it's but. so great <laughs> and you know i've seen this kind of success with animals I give remedies to my dog. Really? What kind of remedies do you give, Shiva? I give her homeopathic pulsatilla. Okay. So when she, like, we just traveled across Arizona, and I think she was, like, a very Vata dog. She was, like, restless and was up in the middle of the night and just, like, wandering around and, like, kind of whiny and needy and had liquid anus and all of the things. Little farty. And so she's probably very vata and I gave her homeopathic pulsatilla, and then within 24 hours, she was back to herself. Her digestion was fine. So was it a coincidence? Maybe. Mm. Was it a placebo? No. She had no idea that I gave her this remedy. <laughs> right. <laughs> so maybe it was a coincidence. However, I have become a master of creating coincidences then because I have helped people with bipolar disorder. I've helped people who are manic episodes. I had a patient who was in a bipolar episode with psychosis where he was running through the streets naked, 
completely psychotic, homicidal. He had just tried to do something very, very inappropriate with his mother, like completely out of his mind. The, the psychiatrists were at the end of their rope because they had hospitalized him or incarcerated him repetitively. And we gave him a homeopathic remedy that identically matched his symptoms of his disease state. It was hyoscyamus. And within 30 minutes, his symptoms were gone. Oh, my gosh. Master of coincidence. Completely gone. Completely gone. Wow. Now, that being said, is he still had a pattern that was ingrained in his nervous system. And so the, the symptoms went away. But then he shifted into depression. So then we had to treat that. So often the process is like... Think of like a sine wave. It like goes up and down. And the goal is that the ups are less intense and the downs are less intense. Yeah. And now I periodically yeah, no. see him. He cycles just a little bit, but he has never had an episode like that again. Whereas before trying homeopathy, that was his life. Right. Wow. That yeah. is incredible. Well, I don't know about you guys, but I'm sold on <laughs> effectiveness yeah that's incredible (laughs) wow wow and so what do you want people to take away from this like what would what would be like your dream if everyone in the world knew about homeopathy like what would you want them to know I want people to know that there is hope that there's actually a medicine out there where they don't have to face trade-offs. For example, if I give somebody, if somebody comes in to see me and they have bipolar disorder, theoretically, if I give them St. John's wort, the herb, I could aggravate their mania. I could, it could send them into a manic episode because it can promote serotonin. Right. So herbalism has its trade-offs. Obviously, Big Pharma has its trade-offs. It can be life-saving. Like, I lean on Big Pharma. I use pharmaceutical medications in my practice, in my own personal life. Like, I am not against Big Pharma. However, everything has its trade-offs. And then, then there's this magical little unicorn of homeopathy. And there are really no trade-offs. The remedies are like $8. Again, there are no side effects. You can get it on Amazon. You can get it at the grocery store. And so if you're listening to this conversation and you feel like you don't know what to do, your child is screaming and they have a fever, like there's no risk to giving them a homeopathic remedy and you can find remedies. So I feel like I want people to have hope and I I want people to have access to medications and remedies and treatments and supplements that give them empowerment. And I, yeah, I want you to be your own expert. I want you to be your own mental health expert. I want you to be your own physical health expert. I want you to be the expert for your family. I don't want you to feel like you have to depend on the pill for an ill model. I want you to have hope. And I feel like for me, that's what homeopathy does. And so it's changed my life. It's helped me through some really dark times. Like my friend, with the Crohn's, not Crohn's, that guy with the psychosis, like it's changed lives. You just have to practice it with an integrity. Like you go to the health food store and it's like Ignatia is for depression, but there are over 3,000 remedies, 600 of which can help depression. And so that's the problem is you have to know your materia medica. So if you just go and get Ignatia and it's not your match, you probably won't notice anything. It's not the problem with the remedy. It's the problem with the match. Right. And so how do people find that match? Well, I've been practicing 
for many, many years. It takes a long time. There aren't very many classical homeopaths out there. So there's credentialing and there's schools and there's training. I also have a membership where I teach people homeopathy. Hey, there you go. There's a, there's a plug, plug for that. <laughs> Holistic Wellness Collective. So I teach you homeopathy in there. Um, but I mean, you just have to study Materia Medica. So like Alan Hahnemann... Herring, like reading. You just got to read. Yeah, yeah. Or go to a, a doctor. Who, or go to yeah. a doctor. Yeah. Go to a, yeah. a classically trained homeopathic doctor. If you're going to somebody, I, I every, every practitioner has their own value, and I'm sure that it works for them, but my experience is classically trained. So, like, going back to the history of Hahnemann and how he finds remedies, some people like to just cr- try to create shortcuts, and they're like, well... You want to fly, so you're probably in the kingdom of flying creatures, and so maybe because you feel like you wish you could fly, you need a honeybee remedy and you need Apis. <laughs> and so there's a lot of practitioners that are out there that will practice like that, and okay. I feel like it's just eeny, meeny, miny, let's give you a honeybee versus, like, what are the symptoms that go with Apis? Okay, so you have to really, really know all of the symptoms that the person has. And so so if someone is doing this for themselves, they have to be really in touch with what their symptoms are as well. Yeah, yeah. keep a journal of symptoms. And a lo- I mean, I have, I have so many patients who I feel like they're now homeopathic gurus by proxy. <laughs> right. And they're like prescribing for their family and they're like giving remedies that I never would have thought of. And they're like having cures overnight and they're so empowered. And I'm like, look at you. That's amazing. I never would have thought of Drosera for your dog. Like, that's (laughs) so great. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. Okay. So moral of the story is join the Holistic Wellness Collective. (laughs) Learn homeopathy. We teach it there. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. And there's always hope. Remedies are safe. There is research. Um, I have a ton of it on my website, drnicolecain.com. If you search the little searchy bar at the top and type in the word homeopathy, you'll see I've written tons of blogs. Like, people ask questions like, what is a potency? Like, what's a 6C versus a 30C, 200C, 1M? And I explain the mathematical process. I have links to research. I have the whole history of Hahnemann and the buggy. Like, all of that's in there. I have a a first aid page. And so if you're like, I want to try homeopathy, but I don't know where to start, is I have a page. It's called Homeopathy First Aid where you can just print it off and put it in your medicine cabinet and then start to slowly build your own pharmacy at home and have those remedies at the ready. And I teach you, like, really the main ones that you can try. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Thank you for the incredible resources. that You guys, if you have not checked out Dr. Kane's website, please do so because – she basically has something for everything. <laughs> so just search it in the search bar and you can find, you know, something. There's something for you. There's something for everyone. In there. It is incredible. Thank you. Thank you so much for talking to us about this. I'm just, my mind is completely blown. I'm so excited. I'm excited to learn more and I'm going to join the Wellness Collective so I can do that. Yay! That's so exciting. Thank you, Hadley. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. And thank you all for listening. I hope that you're really inspired to become your own health expert. You're amazing. Thanks, love. Bye. (laughs) 
The recording you just listened to consists of the personal opinions of Dr. Nicole Kane, a naturopathic doctor with a master's in clinical psychology, and Happy Healthy Hadley, an Ayurveda expert with a master's in health behavior and health education. While these opinions are based upon literature, counseling, education, medical training, and clinical experience, this content should not be viewed as the definitive opinion on these subjects. Listening to this podcast is not a substitute for any sort of medical, psychological, or other form of treatment. If you are in a crisis, please call 911 or call the National Suicide Prevention Line at 1-800-273-8255. If you are in need of counseling, don't hesitate to make an appointment with a counselor in your area. Dr. Nicole and Hadley are passionate about you becoming the expert of your own emotional and physical well-being. If this resonates with you and you think this podcast would help someone you love, please share it with them. We look forward to seeing you on the next episode of the Holistic Inner Balance Podcast.